You got to get in front of more people, right? You got to get your message out there in front of more people. So I, again, I didn't shortcut it. I paid thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. I, I told you how many, much I spent, not 10,000, not 20, like thousands, like tens of thousands of dollars to learn marketing, right? From people right. who were doing it. Um, and so I just took that skill and I said, well, hold on. They're using this to sell sunglasses on, you know, Shopify. How could I use one or two of these strategies to do it in real estate, right? Are you starting your journey into real estate business or entrepreneurship? Are you in need of strategies to help you reach your daily goals? That's right. Then the That's Oliver right. Perry Show is for you. Come and get the experiences and strategies to help you be successful. Woo! And now, your host, you know who it is, sis? Oliver Perry. Oliver Perry. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are, whoever you are. I'm Oliver Perry. Welcome back to the Oliver Perry Show. Today we have a guest of mine, a mentor, a very good friend, uh, a member of Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. He is a wholesaler or former wholesaler. He is a former military member in the special operations area, as well as a former member of the Miami SWAT. He is also now the marketing director over at Money Ave, a black-owned bank. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me to welcome Mr. Tommy Holt Jr. Tommy, how what's are up, you? man? What's up? How you doing, man? How you doing? Got a little round of applause. <laughs> yeah, okay. man. I had to get it in there for you. All right, man. So, show, man. This is gonna be fun. This is gonna be absolutely, fun. man. I'm excited. I'm glad to have you. Uh, as always, you know, we talk, but it's always good to be able to bring people on that I know and love. And I want to make sure I gave you the floor real quick, so you kind of introduce yourself, what you do now, um, who you are, any key points you want the audience to to hear and recognize. Man, you hit a lot of them, man. Uh, Tommy Holt Jr. is my name from Plainfield, New Jersey. Um, did the whole, the, the quintessential go to college, try to be a good, you know, student and, you know, try to get a good job. And it just didn't work out for me. Um, joined the military, like you said, did the army, became a uh, combat medic and eventually an LPN was there for uh, 9-11 at the Pentagon. Um, went in there and, you know, did all the, the stuff that a lot of people wish they didn't have to do, unfortunately, during that day. Um, made me want to join law enforcement, ended up joining the Coast Guard first. And uh, in the Coast Guard, ended up becoming um, on a counterterrorism team and did that for a little while until I realized I was gone nine months out of the year, pretty much every year. Um, so I was like, you know what, I'm a, I'm a, I like the action, I like doing that stuff, but uh, let me let me try to be home every night. So I became a cop in the city of Miami. Again, it's just something always in me that's trying to be, you know, the best, right? So I wanted to be a part of the best. So I decided to join the uh, SWAT team and did that for a while until what happens? What's the normal thing that you hear people, the catalyst uh, of, of success is a lot of time is heartbreak, right? And so um, what happened was um, they took 25% of my pay, right, as a police officer. And trust me, I was hurting. Right. Because my bills, <laughs> my bills didn't cut down by 25 percent. But a lot of people can relate to that. A lot of people have either been laid off, especially with this pandemic thing. Right. But that was like actually one of the probably probably one of the best things that's happened to me um, because it was that gut punch because I, I was comfortable um, making an OK salary, just living a regular lifestyle. And I, I really liked my job. But um, they did that, man. And that kind of pushed me out into the world of um entrepreneurship, you know, and so, and, and here I am and doing, like you said, real estate and real estate agents since 2008 um, and uh, doing wholesaling. And, uh, you know, now we're just, we're just growing. Marketing is, is my thing now. That's what I love to do. So 
uh, yeah, we're just growing, brother. Nice, fantastic, man. That's awesome. That's really, really good. I wanted it. So let's let's dive right in, bro. Let's dive right in and start passing out this value. So first thing, let's let's talk about your foray into real estate because you started wholesaling and you're flipping. Uh, I believe you did a couple flips. Um, I'm sure you bought some of your own properties, short-term rentals. Like you've played a lot in the real estate realm. How did yeah. you start down that that path to really get into real estate? Um, like I said, 2008, um, I, right when the crash was starting, I became a real estate agent as a police officer, right? So I, the idea was that I was just going to do this little side gig, right? Because police officers come in, normally they're relatively young when they start, you know, they got a little job, that means they get a little car, that means they find a little girlfriend, once it turns into a wife, and now they want a house, right? And they're going to buy a home. So uh, a friend of mine was also on the SWAT team. He hit me up and said, hey, man, you should come join our, our, our group. And I went to ERA in South Florida and became a real estate agent there. And I didn't sell nothing. Right? <laughs> like, it, I just wasted a lot of gas. But the beautiful thing about it is that his uncle, Uncle Joe, uh, his uncle was um, was doing a lot of commercial stuff and he was dealing with a lot of investors and he would talk to my, my boy's name. His name is Mario. And he would talk to Mario and sometimes I would be there and I'd be able to get some of that. And I would see like, yo, Uncle Joe was closing like all the time. Like, how is he closing? And I can't like I can't buy a deal right now. Right. Um, because of the 2008 crash. Right. And that's what was that was like an eye opener, right? For me, I didn't really realize it. And that's I think a key point. Sometimes you don't realize the things that really help and sculpt and, and change the way you think right away. Right. Sometimes it takes a, it's a little delayed process to actually see like, oh, that's why I went through that. But when I realized and I stepped back from it, I realized, yo, he was closing on a regular basis, no matter what the market was doing. And that was because he wasn't just dealing with retail buyers. Retail buyers are emotional, right? They don't like the color of the wall, so they're not going to buy the whole house, which is stupid, right? You just get some paint on Depot and be done with it. But investors, commercial buyers, they're logical. If it makes sense on paper, if the numbers make sense, they're going to purchase every single time. So, uh, you know, I saw that side of the house and I said, ah, that's what I want. I want, I want to deal with that. I want to deal with people who are straight up that are just business and they're not really getting emotional about the house. And so that was the catalyst of that thing, man. And from there, it kind of just took me into wholesaling a couple of years later, um, trying to do it on my own. And uh, again, you know, mentorship is key. Like you said, you, you invested with us in mentorship, um, but I invested in the mentor as well, right? And um, I was striking out. And I can't tell you probably... Man, Ali, probably in the, the year that I was trying to do it on my own, I probably cost myself, who knows, maybe $100,000, you know, of trying to do it on my own and, and whoa, making whoa, mistakes. Wait, 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 yeah. wait, 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 You cost just, it cost a hundred, you said a hundred thousand yeah. dollars making mistakes, doing it yourself. In mistakes. Yeah, mistakes. A lot of people don't realize, um, a lot of times when people go and I'm, this is not about selling. So don't anybody contact me about mentorship, right? It's not about this. I just want to be, I want to, I want to like paint the picture, right? Like, right. cause mentorship, you know, a lot of it's like, Oh, it's a couple thousand dollars. Some of it's very expensive. Right. Um, now that I've done mentorship, I understand why it's so expensive, which is a different conversation, but, but the, the money that I spent on mentorship compared to the money that I lost is something called opportunity cost, right? There's an opportunity uh, there's a value to the opportunity and that value is only actuated if you seize the opportunity. If you miss the opportunity, you forgo the opportunity, then that opportunity is lost. And that's money that could have been in your account. 
Right. right. And so um, I wasn't out one of those people that were play playing, saying I was wholesaling. I was actually going out there every day on the phones. Right. And the m- amount of mistakes that I've made, man, uh, I know for a fact I've cost myself 100 K in mistakes that if I would have just had the coaching, if I don't just had someone I can go back to and say, hey, this person said this, what can I do to this? Or this doesn't fit the wholesale model. Right. I didn't even know about sub twos. This doesn't fit the wholesale model. What else could I do? Right. Right. Like stuff like that, man. Uh, it can cost you big time. Wow. Yeah, man. That's um. Hey, uh, I don't know. I think you're on mute, bro. Can you hear me? I can't hear you. I can't hear nothing, man. Uh, yeah, you're all audio is out of here. All right, there we go. There we go. Got it back. There we go. Okay, so as you were saying, I was saying that um, you know, mentorship, I think, is something that it's comes going to again, brother. just. There you go. Okay, know. how about that? Yeah. That better? Yeah, there you go. Okay, there we go. So, uh, <laughs> Jesus, what's going on today? So, mentorship. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> mentorship is something I don't think is paid enough attention to in any of it because you, like you said, you either pay money through your mistakes or you're going to pay money to somebody who's going to help you bypass those mistakes. Um, to anybody who's out there, I highly recommend getting mentor. Now, with that said, though, what, Tommy, how did you how did you go about finding the right person? Because that's really important as well. You don't want to just get anybody to mentor you. Right. Yeah, man. Um, you definitely want to be able to get with people um, that you vibe with. Right. Because just like uh, going to school, there's some great instructors out there. And one person might rate that instructor as a 10 out of 10. Right. Meaning the best out of the best. And the other person might rate that instructor a one because of their learning style or the way they, you know, they talk or how loud they are, or how quiet they are. Right. So my suggestion is to make a list. Right. Make a list of about four or five, not too, nothing too crazy. Right. But if you're seeing people consistently on social media doing things, if you're hearing the same names in real estate groups, right, make a list of these people and then filter them out. Listen, you're getting ready to pay them. Right. You're getting ready to pay them. You should be able to ask some questions. So there's some people that ask me, hey, you know, I did a mentorship. Uh, I did a one on one last um, uh, about three, four weeks ago in Texas. I flew out to Texas and did a one on one with this person all day. Right. Um, but when she called me, we did like almost like a little interview. Am I the right person for her? And she's is she the right person for me? Right. Because right. our, our, her learn, our learning style, her learning style, and my teaching style has to mesh or she's not going to pick up on anything. Right. Right. So um, I would, that's definitely what I would do. I would not just, just say, I'm going to go with the first person that gives me the best price. Cause that might not be the right person for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think you should also really dive into on what do they specialize in? And is that a, an advanced technique, right? Um, is that something where it re- requires you to do something that pushes you way outside your comfort zone, where you're going to spend another six, seven months just trying to learn how to do that? Um, or is it something that you can kind of, you know, they, they have some basic stuff that you can get into and start getting some deals underneath your belt. Because once you get one deal underneath your belt, man, you know, it becomes a lot clearer. You, you right. become a believer and you're like, oh, wow, this thing works. Right. Um, and then you can get that confidence and you can you can smell that confidence when you walk into a house. Like you can tell when someone's new or whether or not they have a couple of deals. And if you just get that one, man, you'll have that confidence. Right. So when you when you were so you were wholesaling before and you slowly transitioned into different facets of real estate every time, how have those skills from wholesaling transferred into everything else that you do? Um, I mean, tremendously, like because you know, I think I personally believe this is my personal belief. I think everybody should at least try to do wholesaling one time, 
right? Just try to get a deal so you can, number one, see what it entails. It's not as easy as it always looks, right? Some people lock up, right? And they get the, the quintessential, oh, I just started yesterday and I got two deals, right? Right. But nine times out of 10, it's not like that. It takes work. Um, but what wholesaling does teach you, man, you definitely have to talk to a lot of people, right? And it teaches you about that. And so it, that taught me way more than the real estate, the structured real estate course that I took in Florida, right? Um, <clears throat> that taught me way more than um, that because I actually learned like the numbers behind the numbers, right? And I actually learned what was a good deal, what what to what really is, you know, the the a good return on investment, right? So what that's done for me in the future, uh, as I moved along, I went to Airbnbs and had rentals, and now I just started Toro. I got a little Toro business that I'm rocking with, right? What it's done for me is that it's allowed me to really look at, okay, here's the cost, but what's my return on investment versus in money? And what's my return on investment in time, right? right? A lot of times people only look at the return on investment in money and they realize they wake up and they realize, oh snap, I'm, I'm making the same amount of money and it's almost like I'm working a job, right? right. So, um, you know, that whole process of me spending a ton of time in wholesaling, right? ton of time in wholesaling has really taught me to look at both of those or return on investment on my money and return on investment on my time. And now I focus more on the return on investment on my time just as much as I do my money. Wow. Okay. That makes, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. Um, Adam was saying, Adam was agreeing with you saying truth. uh, Retail is definitely emotional. Just real estate in general is emotional. Um, Yeah. I mean, you see it right now, like people are spending twenty, thirty thousand dollars more than asking right now. You right. Know? Right. In the Georgia market and across across the country, you know, um, <laughs> Logan says he thought I would have usher on. <laughs> one, <laughs> one day, Logan, one day, Logan, he's going to have a usher on here. We'll get him on. Um, here. We'll get him on here. But um, but yeah, man, you know, it, it's um, you know, people are so emotional with, with their purchases right now just because the interest rates are low. And really, when you think about it, it's just um it's just all the people that didn't get an opportunity to, to buy in 2020 combined with the normal. There's like something like 5.4 million real estate transactions, yep. homes that are being sold every single year. So about 4 million of those transactions never got a chance to happen in 2020. So those 4 million people still have that money in their pocket. And now they're trying to buy in 2021 combined right. with lower interest rates. And yeah, man, it's just, it's a, it's, it's a, a feeding keg. frenzy out there. Yeah. It's a powder keg right now. Yeah. All right, man. So let's let's dive into we'll we'll talk about the your short term rental stuff, but I definitely want to get into Money Ave and your marketing stuff because I know that's something you love and enjoy, and I know you are an animal at it. So let's dive right into marketing. So from what I understand, you, you really started really marketing. Marketing is part of wholesaling, right? At, off general, just at the very beginning, it's just part of the wholesaling. But as well, you started figuring out how to do the Facebook marketing, and you've kind of graduated and built up from there. How how was what was that process like with the Facebook marketing, understanding and mastering that technique to be able to take yourself to the next level? Yeah, yeah. So marketing is everything, right? There's not a there's not a anything that you do out there that you're not marketing. Um, so again, learning learning how to speak to people is probably one of the greatest skills that you could possess, right? right. Um, there's not a business out there. You can't find one business out there that does not require human beings. 
right? And we have to communicate with those other human beings to convince them that their money in their pocket is better suited in my pocket as long as I provide the value that they need. And so, and if we can convey that message, um, then, you know, we'll, you'll never be broke. You'll always be in business, right? Um, so what wholesaling done specifically, Ali, and you know, man, like <laughs> getting a deal, especially when you're new, you, you skip trace a list and you're just on the phones and you're banging the phone calls all day, you know, yep. and you're calling hundreds of people like all day, all day. And then you 90% of those people are going to curse you out, tell you that don't ever call back, talk about your mama. You don't even know my mama. You're going to talk about my mama, <laughs> right? Yep. It's like you get and you get used to it. So what that does is that gives you that tough skin, right? Right. Right. To that word, that infamous word, the one that even though they're talking about my mama, the word that I that everybody hates the most. They don't they call me names, all that stuff. The word that everybody hates the most is no. And we're so um, uh, like we have this allergic reaction to that word that we don't ever want to put ourselves in the position to receive the word no. But what wholesaling and having to go through that process has gotten me to understand is that I could care less. And once you get to that point where you can care less, whether they say Yes, whether you say no, and the only thing that you're worried about is doing the work, then you're home free, right? Because it's not all about the result. It's about the process. And once you're in the process, when you trust the process, you know the process works. And so how that took me into marketing is that I realized that I needed to get not better. Once I got good at getting accepting the word no, I just needed to get more no's, right? Like I just needed to figure out how do I know how do I get more no's because I know eventually there's going to come a yes, so what's the process for that, right? Like, right. how do you get that? You got to get in front of more people, right? You got to get your message out there in front of more people. So I, again, I didn't shortcut it. I paid thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. I, I told you how many much I spent, not 10,000, not 20, like thousands, like tens of thousands of dollars to learn marketing, right? From people right. who were doing it. Um, and so I just took that skill, man. I said, well, hold on. They're using this to sell sunglasses on you know shopify how could i use one or two of these strategies to do it in real estate right Right. how could i use that to attract people in from airbnb to airbnb so it's just it's just taking little pieces from people and just applying it to to the profession that you know best that's awesome yeah that that i mean that makes sense that makes sense i think just like you said the whole cold calling thing it's it's a it's a lost art and let me not say lost art. It's an art that's very tough to master because you got to get past those jitters, especially like your first but, three, four hundred calls. But, but Ali, it's, it's honestly, and I, I, I hear you and I know where you're going with it. Right. But it's really not like yeah. you're in the military. I'm in the military. Right. Fact. Yeah. What's hard is a 12 mile, 12 mile rucksack march with 100 pounds of gear and having to carry a machine gun. Don't right. Mind. And then when you get there, having to dig a ditch up to the, the, the tallest person's, you know, shoulder pit, armpits, right? Right. A foxhole, right? That's hard. Yeah. Okay. That's hard. Picking up the phone, literally, this weighs a couple ounces. Picking up the phone is not that hard. It's just that what's hard for us, what we perceive as hard, it's not even hard, what our perception is hard is the word no. Mm. And if you go, it's rejection, right? It's right. it's asking the cute girl to go to prom and she says, no, that's why you don't ever do it, right? right? So 
it's that rejection that we built into our brain since childbirth that, hey, when I get rejected, that hurts and I don't like it. So I'm going to shy away from it. So I just don't do it. The actual work is easy. If I, if I told you, if I guaranteed you that if you picked up the phone and you called 100 people today, no matter if it was a yes or a no, but at the end of the day, I was going to give you $10,000, would it all would, would it then be hard then? No, no, it wouldn't be hard. Right. No, it wouldn't be hard. It would just be like, I'm just going to get through these 100 calls because I'm going to get $10,000 at the end of it. Right. All of a sudden, it's not that hard. You're going at a rucksack march, no matter if I tell you that or not, it's hard. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, we have to be... Um, we have to be careful, what, especially with you on your platform and everything. I think we all have to like really tell what's what it really is, like put it in perspective for people because our they're looking at us and they're looking at you, um, wanting to emulate what you do, right? right, right. And we got to let them know, like, no, this isn't difficult. Like, any you can do this. I'm no smarter than anybody else that's watching this thing. Right. I just decided that I was fed up with getting crapped on, you know, right. and I wanted to make a better life for myself and my family. No, I, I we're in hundred percent agreement. I didn't get to it. But we are in hundred percent agreement, Tommy. Because the thought process is, I did it. I've done it before. And that first, for whatever reason, that first starting out stunk. But it stunk because I was in my own mind about it. Like you said, I was so concerned with, oh, they're gonna say no. Oh, how's that gonna feel? Then I got like ten of them, and I was like, that didn't really hurt. So I'm gonna just knock yeah. out this next three hundred, right? So it's and it, then again, like you said, it's repetition. It's continuing to go back. It's just like any other muscle. You build it, you build it, you build it, and you're going to be just fine. So those of you who are uncomfortable with cold calling or nervous about it, it's okay. Hit the dial button and call anyway. Um, now, let's let's talk deeper into the Money Ave piece because Money Ave is – you're doing a lot with Money Ave, and Money Ave is a huge part of what you do now, and you're still playing ball in real estate. First of all, how are you balancing? Because you're the head marketing director, right? You're the head – guy mm-hmm. that's a hefty weight to balance on top of still running your short-term rentals flips and all the other stuff that you were on the other side of the house how's that how's that process gone for you yeah it's tough man um it's a very very uh draining thing because on top of all that right just like you a matter of fact i forgot to ask you how was ice cream with the girls it was good ice cream with the girls was fantastic thank you, you for asking yes it was good it was yeah, good yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um uh, on top of all that, the most important thing is that I'm a father and and a, and a future husband, right? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's get let's get a round yeah. of applause for Miss Tommy Holt and the brand new <laughs> Mrs. And you're a father and a. Go ahead, yeah, keep yeah. going. I'm sorry, I had to, had to give you a props for that. No, nah, I appreciate that, man. So, like, you know, I tell people, and this comes up all the time, that word balance. And when you're starting off, there is no balance. Think about it like this, man. You go to a regular job, you don't have balance, right? right? Out of your 24 waking hours, you spend eight hours at the job. You spend another hour getting ready and stuck in traffic. You spend another hour coming back home, right? And so that's 10 hours right there yeah. out, of the, out of the 24. You want to go to sleep for hopefully at least six hours, okay? So that's 16 hours. There's no balance there. That's not balance is balance. Balance is 50 50. It's even. Right. Mm-hmm. And so once you get in your mind that there is no balance, I don't want to be bad. I give you to be honest with you. I don't want it to be balanced. I want at the when when I get done with all of this, when I get done with all this, I'm not looking for balance. Are you, are you crazy? Why would I do this for what everybody else has? I'm not <laughs> doing this for balance. I'm doing this so that I can be sitting on a beach with my family 90 percent of the time while I have a business running for me. I don't want balance. I want 90% fun and enjoyment and relaxation with my loved ones and a small amount of actual time I haven't put it. But I know right now 
I have to put in a whole bunch of the work. Um, and so when you when you say how do you juggle this thing, um, what I do for me for organization purposes is I set time blocks, right? Mm-hmm. This is why if you are not, if you're careless with your time, if you're watching this right now, if you take anything from me, if you're careless with your time, right, you are going to have a very, very tough time running your own business and being successful, right? Um, because if you, if you, if you're not punctual with certain certain things, if you're not punctual and being on time, if you're not providing a service on time, if you're not responding to your customers in a certain time, that's going to transition over to every other part of your life. People are going to be able to pick up on that and you're going to miss out on opportunities, right? And so um, how I get around this is I schedule blocks. Like on certain days, I have certain things I have to do, right? On certain times of the day, I know I've got to, all right, this time is Money Avenue time. Like this is time for me to work on Money Avenue, right? And unless something crazy happens, I can't allow real estate stuff to to jump into that time block, right? And vice versa, right? There's been times where I've gotten bank-related calls, but I'm I'm on my way to go, you know, check out a house and talk with a seller, right? Right, right. That, that call, unless it's something crazy, like that call has to wait, right? Um, and so that's the only way that I've been able to figure out how to do it is to be strategic about it and actually plan it out so I have some some, uh, uh, some, you know, um, blocks of time that I can set aside per, per vertical. Right. Yeah. That, that time yeah. blocking is, is important. That time block is super important. And, and I believe it's Jermaine says that's definitely a key. So you're definitely yeah, getting some sure. agreements from the audience out there, man. They definitely get some agreements. So you talk about, you know, the balance and all the stuff you do and how, how just that time block is key. What tools do you use to help you time block? Like, are you writing it down on a calendar? You got an app you use? What, what, what's, your, what's your routine there? Yeah, so the main tool that we use um, is, uh, is the software Connectly, like you probably already know. And if you guys don't know, you can go to Connectly.com to get that. Connectly is a software um, that is uh, one of my softwares. It's, it's, it's uh, something that we can talk about, too, that I'm really passionate about um, is getting more of us uh, involved in technology. Okay. Um, but that software allows me to you know, schedule conversations. It sends out automatic text messages. It puts uh, things onto my calendar. It alerts me. Um, it does a lot of my marketing. A lot of my marketing goes through Connectedly. I build out my funnels through Connectedly. All those things, all that, it basically creates the pipeline of things that I need to do. And as long as I put it in there or it falls in into that pipeline, eventually it spits out a result. So, for example, real estate, for example, um, I don't, I don't do like I did before where I just cold call a whole bunch of people. What I do is I'll go ahead and I'll get a list, skip trace that list. I'll put the list into Connectly. Connectly will start to send out text messages on my behalf and put them into campaigns. A lot of those, remember I told you like 90% of the people are going, you know, curse you out, don't you don't call, right? I don't ever talk to those people. I only talk to the 10% of the people that want to sell. And then that saves me time. And therefore, and then I have a system where I don't even really talk to them. I have an acquisitions manager that talks to them. So, um, you know, just being able to use technology along with a, a strategy, uh, you'll be able to, to be able to, to kind of, you know, uh, figure, figure your schedule out. 
Right. Now let's talk let's talk more about Connectly, man, because I know Connectly is a big project for you. It's huge. I've seen you do some yeah. great things and help out quite a few people. What has been the greatest impact for you with cre- the creation of that system so far? Uh, it's a system. Like I have automation now. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you talk to anybody, any business that is doing at least six figures, right? They have some form of automation, right? They have some form of something that's happening without them having to actually go in there and manually input stuff every single time. Right. Um, and the bigger the business, typically the larger the business, there's the more automation comes into play. So um, our real estate platform is completely ran through Connectedly. Um, cause it does everything, you know, I can run my funnels, my websites, my, I can do my Facebook marketing through there, my Google marketing through there. I can do my, um, my text message blast, my email campaigns. I can build up follow-up sequences. Um, we have chat widgets that you can put on there. So it does all of that stuff. So, um, basically we just saw, um, a need we saw a problem that I was like, well, this could be solved with software. And we found some very, very smart people. Um, and paid them to say, I had, here's, here's what I have in my brain. Here's the issues that we have. Right. right? And here's how I want, I think we can fix them. And, and then we put that together and now we're, now we're off to the races, man. And we're helping a lot of people automate their business. And the best part about it is that for me, um, I grew up poor, right? We didn't have uh, a lot of money and I started this game, you know, with a, a small amount of money. So I'm very, very true to that. Right. I never tried to like, you know, charge uh, crazy, crazy fees for stuff that I know that can be done at a, at a nominal cost. So um, we've made it super, super inexpensive to the point where it's palatable for anybody to jump in and get some automation going. So um, it's just it's just a really dope uh, uh, process and software to use for sure. That's fantastic. Yeah, man, I'm going to have to get the affiliate link for that and make sure I got it on the show notes. And make sure I yeah. get some people in there because I've seen Connectedly. I haven't been able to use it yet only because I'm in the multifamily part of it now learning that field. But I'm certain mm-hmm. there is a tool because I've seen some really great feedback on it. What Matter of fact, what has been the best feedback that you've received so far on it from some of your customers? Oh, man, people getting two, three deals in a month that didn't get a deal ever, you know, um, because they have automation because they're doing they're following the process of not wasting like you have to understand, like, I mean, like you said, you call people all the time, right? So you can do the same thing whether or not it's multifamily or not, right? Because it doesn't matter. The data is the data. The number that you put in there is the number that's going to get text messaged or called, right? Mm. So if it's, it doesn't matter if it's single family or multifamily, um, you know, you're going to get a lot of no's, but you don't, you never feel those no's for the people that are rejection, you know, right. are allergic to rejection. They never get a chance to see the no. Because the system just takes them and puts those nose to the side and says, oh, you obviously don't like my messaging. Yep. And the people yep. that do like your messaging, they schedule a call with you, you know. And so Absolutely. you're only talking to people that want to, you know, to do business. So No, that's I mean, that makes sense. And what's really interesting is and this is something you taught. You actually taught me before is that you find ways to filter out the mess before you have to really start talking to everybody. Because like you said, that's the one thing that most of us, real estate agents, multifamily investors, single family investors, commercial investors, everybody hits that same thing. You'll call 200 numbers, you might get two people that are going to want to talk to you. With a text yeah. messaging system or what used to be RVMs, I'm not sure RVMs are still a thing anymore as they're coming out with new yeah, laws on it. But Okay, yeah, so I, I read an article that come out with some new laws, so... 
you know, whoever's doing RBMs, be careful out there. Pay attention to those articles. Things mm-hmm. are happening. But nonetheless, it allows you to filter out all the mess, the, all the all the crap that you don't really want to deal with or the people who you don't want to talk to or who don't want to talk to you, which is fine. But like you said, having that filter makes it a lot easier because it cuts down the amount of time you have to spend on the phone and amount of time that's wasted calling people who are definitely not interested or just don't like the way you speak or just don't like your message, yeah, which yeah. is actually really awesome. That's really, really awesome. So how, my yeah. friend, how old is how old is Connectedly now? Uh, man, we're about seven months. Yeah. Wow. wow yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and being on here's here's the other thing. People don't people fail to realize sometimes when you're on the precipice of a new system and you're that forefront runner, you have more impact on that system because they're they're willing to hear that feedback. They want to hear that feedback. So being able to tell them, hey, I like this. Maybe we could change this. If you move this here, then yeah. it'd be super helpful, not just to you, to the company as well. But then you win by proxy because they're going to you know, address those changes. So if you have the opportunity, you have the chance, check out Connectedly. Um, I promise you it will be worth your while. I'm not using it right now, but that's because I, you know I've got quite a few partners who are. So I just use some of their stuff. Sorry, Tommy. Um, <laughs> next. <laughs> Sorry. It's all good. It's all good. So, so next thing, man, let's... um. Let's talk a little bit more about your Money Ave role. What do you do on the Money Ave side of the house, and and what big projects do you guys have going on at Money Ave right now? Yeah, so yeah, man, uh, Money Avenue is a huge, monumental project. We're a um, a black-owned fintech um, that offers banking products, um, and uh, what we're doing is we're filling this niche, this gap um, <clears throat> that a lot of big banks um, don't see a need to fill because it's more profitable to look the other way and continue as business as usual. Mm. Um, and so, um, you know, uh, on, on, the, on the, the, the leadership team, there's uh, a Donahue Baker, who's also frat. And we have another gentleman by Will, uh, named Will, who's also frat, uh, myself. Wow. Right, right, right. So, um, but yeah, man, um, we, you know, Don specifically, he, um, he was a CPA and he was a CPA for a family owned firm and a family owned firm, um, um, is a firm that, that only deals with individuals that are high net, high net worth. And his, his threshold was a hundred million dollars or more. Okay. So if you made $50 million a year, you're not worth my time, right? A hundred million dollars. Okay. You, you barely made the cut. Okay, and those that firm um, taught him a lot, right? Because it taught him what wealthy people do and how wealthy people manage their money and how wealthy people where they put and how they use lobbyists to get. I always thought I always thought that the tax code, like you had some really smart accountant that was able to read and decipher the tax code, and that's not what really happens in real life. What happens in real life? These high net worth people, these hundred million dollar families or more. What they do is they pay lobbyists to get bills and laws changed, right? And they do it very strategically. They don't do it all at once. They'll say, hey, this year we're going to get this law changed because they know seven years from now they're they're going to want to have these other three laws that are changed. And that's going to connect this one and it's going to be able to save them, you know, 30 percent. Right. So. You know, it's, it's how certain people, like some of the most wealthiest people, pay the least amount of taxes. So my, what he did is he saw that and he was just genius. He was just he was an observer. Right. He was doing the work, but he was observing. And he says, I wonder how I can take some of these practices 
and help out the people who need it the most, right? No one's going into the, the, the hoods and teaching financial literacy, right? I grew up in a high school where we had police in there. We had to go through a metal detector, fights, drugs, guns, right? right. There was nobody coming to Plainfield, New Jersey and standing on stage telling me how to balance a checkbook or the importance of credit or how to invest, what's a good, what's, what's a good average for a mutual fund? What, let's talk about you know, inflation and how that affects the market. Like no one was talking about those things. Yep. So um, what he's done is he's taken what he's learned on a very, very high level and he's brought it to where it's palatable and, 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 and um, relatable to the everyday person, right? Mm-hmm. So what were the goal of this, this financial tech, this FinTech, um, is to use its uh, banking platform to help elevate people and teach people what wealthy people do, right? So yes, we're going to take you your money. Yes, it's FDIC insured. Yes, we're a licensed bank. Yes, we got, we're, um, we're a mortgage bank. Yes, we can do all these things. Right. But in the midst of all that, <clears throat> we eliminate a lot of the fees and we say, hey, instead of spending that money that you have spent on fees, why don't you take a look at investing in this? Hey, take it this whole, this, this, this entire uh, um, uh, educational platform that we're putting together. Take a look at it. It's free, right? So that's the whole goal of this thing is really to um, not ask anybody for a handout, do a very, very good job of managing their money and being trustworthy with their money. Um, and in the meantime, once we earn that, then I think we have the right to kind of input and, uh, and insert, hey, you know, your credit score is important. Take care of it. This, these are five ways that you can do it, right? So um, it's just a really, really cool project, man. And it's, um, it's something that I think is going to change a lot of lives. A lot of people who thought that um, and really feel like that big banks are forgot about them and they don't care, they're going to be able to get that care from us. That's awesome, man. That's awesome because because that is one hundred percent the truth. There are quite a few people, quite quite a few of our own hue, and even others that just don't get the education. They don't get that financial education. They put their money in the bank, and it just sits there. But the bank never tells them, "Hey, you might want to do this. You might want to look at this." They don't do that kind of thing. And I and I'm 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 witness to it because I'm actually going through the credit course with Money Ave and Money. These they are not playing. They will call you 500 times, even if you stop once. And it's not because they're trying to be annoying. It's because they want to help you and they are adamant about helping you. And I've even had, I even hit them with a stumper and lady said, I'll get back to you. Sure enough, the next day she called me and was like, hey, this, this, this. And she broke it all the way down. It's like, wow, that's, that's really impressive. And that to me is awesome. That is to me is awesome. So I know you got to go, Tommy. I know you're a busy guy. Um, We've gone over a little bit on our 30 minutes, but I'm going to hit you with the last the last two questions, my, my two big questions. So first question is uh, something we call troop to task. And what it is, is you give the audience a troop to task, your military, you know how this works, but you give them a, <clears throat> one thing they need to do to start on that path forward to get to that financial freedom that they're after. Is this uh, real estate specific or just in, nope. in general? In general. Okay. So here's what I want you to do in general. Um, whatever, if it's real estate, if you're starting a hair salon, if you're doing a barbershop, if you're raking leaves, I don't care what it is, right? Spend the beginning portion finding good people to associate yourself with that are already where you want to be at, okay? And when I say where you want to be at, I want you to be realistic. I want to have, you know, at least a thousand units, right? I'm not there yet. I'm not going to start off with Grant Cardone, 
right? Like Grant Cardone for me to, to associate myself with, that'd be a big stretch, right? To go from where I'm at now uh, to say, you know, you know what, Grant Cardone, let's get together, right? But if you're in real estate, there's RIAs, there's right, these real estate investment groups, right? These associations where you can be a part of, and you can just be around there. You don't have to do your first deal. Just be in the atmosphere, soak it all up, smell what it smells like, hear what the sounds are, right? Talk with these people, right? If you want to start a, a you know a hair salon, right? Go to a couple of hair salons, get your hair done, but then just also sit down and start to talk with the owner, ask them some questions about not not the things that built their business the biggest, but some of the things that that caused them the most heartache. What were the what the pitfalls? Go out there and find at least four to five people that are doing it. Uh, on the next level up from where you're at, maybe one or two levels up from where you're at and just soak up that knowledge. A lot of times those type of people are giving it to you for free um, and you can start that journey and then just create that relationship and ask them, what can you do to be a value to them and actually follow through and provide value to them? So that's what I would do. I love it, man. I love it. That's that's sound advice. That is 100% sound advice. Uh, so the next question Next question is the tougher one, and it's what question do you wish you were asked more often, and what is the answer to that question? Well, that's a tough question. Um, what question do I wish I was? Oh, okay, actually, um, I think that would probably be I wish somebody would ask me, um, especially when they see all the things that I am doing. I wish people would ask me, um, you know, if you did it all again, if you had to do it all over again, would you do all these things? Cause it looks cool now, right? Cause you're making money from multiple revenue streams. Um, but uh, that question I wish would come up, right? Because like it, it looks cool. And the answer to that question is no, I would definitely niche down and stick with one thing for a very, very long time. Um, I probably wouldn't do some of the other things um, right away. I probably would be really, really like solid, 100% solid and build a seven figure uh, business in, in one area before I move to the next one. Um, so that's probably what I would, I would say the answer to that question would be. I love it, man. I love it. I, I really, really appreciate you coming on, Tommy. I know the audience who are able to view live. For those of you who are live, we appreciate you. Adam, Logan, Jermaine, thank you guys for checking it out. Um, we saw that you guys made comments. For those of you who did view, didn't make comments, we appreciate you as well. Nonetheless, Tommy, thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah. you, know, you know, blue fire to you, brother. Uh, I want to appreciate it. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. I'm going to find a way to get in there. We got it in. We got it in. (laughs) So, you know, thank you so much for coming on, man. I wish you the best of luck. I hope you guys tear it up in the money area. And if there's any way I can be of service or be of help, please, please let me know. Um, Again, thank you for all those who are watching and listening. Remember, you're better than you were. Oh, wait, before we do that, Tommy, how can people get a hold of you? Because I'm about to sign off and everything. How how to get a hold of you? Yeah, I know. Absolutely. Yeah, man. So uh, all social media platforms, Tommy Holt Jr. Um, And then um, if um, if you go to my Instagram, you can go on there to my bio. You can actually text um, be there and you're going to get a response from Connectly. You put your information in there. And then also, please, please, if you're watching this, go to moneyav.com. Um, I'm sorry, go to bank, bankmoneyav.com. And then um, put your interest, in, put your information in there so you can be on the waiting list. We are going live in June um, and uh, we can't wait to service you. Fantastic. All right, I'm going to try this again, y'all. I apologize. I cut Tommy off. 
I did, I want to make sure you got to sign off on his stuff first. So remember, you're better than you were, but you're not half as good as you're going to be. We love you. We thank you. Have a great day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Oliver Perry Show. Be sure to leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcast listening platform. And as always, be sure to follow Oliver at The Oliver Perry on Instagram, Oliver Perry on LinkedIn, and The Oliver Perry Show on YouTube. Until next time, take care.